This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. James Ham, our ESPN 1320 Kings insider, kind enough uh, to sit in for Kenny Caraway for the next couple of days. Matt George, kind enough to join us uh, in about 15 minutes here uh, as we await the All-Star uh, Reserves announcement coming up uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. We will carry those live for you exclusively on Twitch uh, and YouTube. Before we get back to the Kings uh, and their win last night, did you happen to see the Tara Eason play from last night where he got five offensive rebounds on one possession? Because he just kept missing shots from a foot away. Oh, so he went full Moses Malone. Oh, he went at it. It was um, tremendous. He, he's fun. He's springy. He's really raw. It's going to be really tough for him to develop there. Um, I, I did not see the play, but it makes sense. Like, I, I watched a lot of it's him. It's amazing. Le- leading up to the draft. Um, yeah, he is really springy. He's fun. Um, but again, like, can you get him over the hump? How long is it going to take to make him into a viable player? And how much better would he be on if he was drafted to even a team like the Kings this year, where he's not going to have to have a major role versus the Houston Rockets, where he's allowed to make all kinds of stupid mistakes and Mm kind of mess around. I I would love to see a player like that on, um, you know, a team like Philadelphia. Uh, a team that's refined that yeah. has you know that he's going to go in he's going to play six minute bursts he's not going to be allowed to make a bunch of mistakes and then and grow that way uh, and kind of become like a Brandon Clark type player. I think Giddy ultimately I think he got an and one like I think he finally got the ball to go in and Giddy fouled him but it's it, it's it's worth it's it's worth throwing in Twitter or YouTube or whatever uh, and seeing but because it is pretty. We've you see it like you see a, a guy miss one like Domas regularly misses one or two. He got five offensive rebounds uh, on a single possession, and that's just absolutely incredible. As is the fact that the Kings are fifty games uh, into this NBA season and are eight games over five hundred. They're twenty nine and twenty one after last night's victory against the San Antonio Spurs after last night's 119-110 victory against the San Antonio Spurs. They're gear up now for the Indiana Pacers. Tomorrow night, Indiana plays tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, no word yet on, on Tyrese Halliburton, whether he'll be available tonight or tomorrow. What we do know, though, is that De'Aaron Fox will not be available for tomorrow night's game in Indiana as he's been ruled out due to personal reasons. That's all we've got right now. Obviously, we know everything that is going on with De'Aaron Fox and his family, and uh, if that is indeed why he's, he is out, of course, we wish De'Aaron Fox uh, and his wonderful wife uh, the best uh, if that's why he is out uh, for Friday's game. But that's an adjustment. 
that uh, the Sacramento Kings are going to have to make. Are we? And we'll talk a lot more about this tomorrow. But are we just seeing Davion slide into that role? Yeah, probably. And I mean, like, how much fun is that going to be if it is Davion against uh, Tyrese Halliburton? Mm. Um, like, we have no idea, but like, that's just pure speculation. But um, like, I, my friend Sean Cunningham had um, last year, right before uh, the Kings went off on a little road trip, he sat down with Davion and uh, and Ty because they were both going to be representing Sacramento at the Rising Stars game and had this really cool sit down where they're joking around with each other and going at each other. And then, of course, Ty gets traded like the next day and ruins Sean's uh, his <laughs> entire interview. Uh, like, just like, what do you do with that? That's it pretty amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, but still a great interview. Like, I remember. I remember when it dropped. That was still a great interview. It's yeah, just just a little weird. Yeah, but I think that that would be fun. It would be a fun matchup to watch to see Davion and, and really get to stretch his legs and and get a, a bunch of playing time, maybe get himself right. That's what you're always hoping in these situations. Uh, but, you know, the Kings don't have time to let off the gas here. They need to be as impactful as possible and, you know, it, on this trip. And, you know, they they certainly can't play too many games without Fox. I don't know what the prognosis is here with, like, we'll have to figure out what's going on with Fox. Um with as far as personal reasons i never like to speculate on these things uh like we dealt with it last year with domas when it came to um his wife having a baby and the kings were mum about it it's really up to the players to tell us whether or not they want to uh let us in on what's happening um when it comes to personal reasons but um you know there's a good chance that that's what we're looking at well i but but i also i i, I certainly understand that but i'd also put put the you know initiative on the kings like hey and everyone kind of knows what's going on with your family. Are you comfortable if we just make it clear about about what we're doing? But I also understand the um, that's personal. Like I, I understand that. Maybe there's certain. Maybe there's this. Maybe little Fox gets here before we tell everybody. Maybe maybe we go something yeah. uh, something along those lines. I did pull up the injury report, at least the latest one that we got. Tyree still listed as questionable. Uh, for tonight, another note, uh, James, and I completely missed this one. We talked about Memphis losing last night. Memphis plays again tonight, and they're in Cleveland. Mm. Man, and if we talk about the struggles that Memphis has had without Steven Adams, there's probably not a worse team for them to face than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's a big team that can work down low. That's a big team that can get their hand uh, get their hands on 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 that basketball coming off the rim. Uh, this is a, a tough second night of a back to back where the first one uh, didn't go their way. That's the four thirty TNT game. Um, that's a that's a that's a tough outing for 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 Memphis. And I'm gonna guess we're all big Cavs fans tonight. Cleveland, this is for you. Is that on the road? Yeah, it's in Cleveland. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, yep. they're not a good uh, road team. Memphis isn't. They they've struggled on the road all season long. They're really good at home. Um, eleven and fifteen with, on the road. Yeah, yeah. So eleven and fifteen on the road. Twenty one and four at home. They're Man. really good at home. But they they're four and six over the last ten. Um, people don't understand. Like we we talk about this weird stat that people don't ever hear about. This whole assist screen. Um, man, Stephen Adams is one of the best in the game at it. And when you take out that that guy in the middle that's setting screens, it's the same issue that the Kings have had. Like it's second that you 
lose Domana Sabonis uh, and his screen ability, you really do start to go sideways. And um, like Adams is is a big reason how their offense runs. It's because he just takes up so much space. He sets clean picks. He gets guys open. Uh, he doesn't do it in the same way. So when we talk about him versus Sabonis, Sabonis will get the ball and do the DHO, the dribble handoff, as opposed to, uh, and sometimes he also makes a pass. Well, uh, Steven Adams is just out there like dropping guys with picks. And so, uh, yeah, like losing him is going to impact their entire offense and what they're trying to do. And you just never know, you know, what they're going to look like. A couple of other games to keep your eyes on tonight. Kings fans, man, we've got a, I guess this is a win-win or a lose-lose, depending on how you look at this. The Pelicans play the Mavericks. So the Kings will get some help somewhere uh, from someone uh, as those two teams uh, play each other. Uh, this <laughs> Dallas beats New Orleans. This is in Dallas. It would be the Pelicans' 10th straight loss. You got the Nuggets and the Warriors tonight. Uh, I'm going to go say we root for old Mike Malone. Uh, to get the win tonight, not Golden State a little bit further down. And then it's the Bucks and the Clippers. Uh, so go Giannis and go Milwaukee uh, and see if we can. A, a lot of the teams surrounding Sacramento uh, play tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is what you want. I mean, isn't it? It's wild, Damien, that we're looking at what other teams are playing in in February. Like not talking about the lottery. Something. <laughs> yeah, because it means something to the Sacramento Kings. We're yeah. looking at the schedule that's ahead for other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in my career, I've never covered a team that like 39 wins is a tops, but like we're encroaching on like the second most. Win- they need four more wins to match their second highest win total in my career covering this team. And that's that's wild. Like they're they're just uh they're rolling and it's it's good to see but it's it also adds to like the content like what we're looking at every day you know you're pulling like you want the warriors to lose as many games as possible you want the the clippers to lose as many games as possible because that pacific division actually does have value winning the pacific division does and so you got to keep pushing and it's good that you know the kings have a stretch where they've got winnable games um but like you know you don't want to you don't want to let off let off the gas at any point. Alvin went twenty four and forty one last year. Kings are twenty nine and twenty one right now. I like Alvin a lot. Man, that's tough. Looking, looking. This is a dark place. The Sacramento Kings record index is a dark, dark oh, yeah. place to look back at. I mean, thirty, thirty one, thirty one. Then you mentioned that thirty nine, twenty seven, thirty two, thirty three. 29, 28, 28, 22, 24, 25, 17. You got 38 wins in 2007, uh, 33 uh, in 2006, 2007, and then you know, you've got the, the old 2005, 2006 season where they were 44 and 38. God, that was an eternity ago. <laughs> My goodness. I know. It's It's wild. When the Kings last made the playoffs, I only had uh, I only had one son, and <laughs> now I and he's a freshman in high school now. My second is a, is a freshman in high school. You know what doesn't get discussed nearly as much, and I and I understand that there's a lot of different things at play here, including age and um, you know those 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 Rick Adelman years there in the middle, but going back to you know. 
the uh, pre-strike year when 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 Adelman took over the 97-98 season. It's the same thing. It's 27, 34, 39, 39, 28, 25, 29, 25, 23. It's the same freaking thing. They sucked before Rick Adelman. They sucked after Rick Adelman. It was just this little pocket of eight years where not only were they good, they were really good for a stretch. They were one of the best teams in the league. They were the most exciting team in the league. But everything surrounding that Rick Adelman, Chris Weber, Vlade Divac, Peja Stojakovic era is just a disaster. Yeah, um, in their, what are we, at 38 years? I think this is year 38 because they moved during the 2005-2006. I mean, the, the 1985-1986 season. That's their first season in Sacramento. So are we 37 years? Either way, they've made the playoffs 10 times. And eight of those came under Adelman. Uh, they had the first year they got here where they made the playoffs. And then the under 95, 500, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 95. Yeah, if you look at that, Rick Adelman has the only eight uh, over 500 seasons uh, in the Sacramento era. And like another stat that is wild and crazy. Um, the uh, um, The Warriors and Kings since 1985 when Sacramento moved, when the Kings moved to Sacramento, they've never made the playoffs in the same year. That's pretty so, amazing too. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Hmm. Kings made the playoffs their first year. 37 and 45 was their record. Oof. Um, God bless our uh, Gary St. Jean. 39 and 43. <sighs> I love Gary St. Jean. He's one of the nicest men you're ever going to meet in your entire life. I actually like sat with him at dinner in Toronto during the finals. Like we, we had a dinner out um, with the bosses and, and Gary sat next to me and just what a nice man. And his son, uh, Greg St. Jean is great too. He's a up and comer. I don't know where he's an assistant at maybe LA right now. I can't remember. Uh, Gary doesn't do anything uh, up there anymore. Does he? I don't know if he does anything for, uh, for warriors anymore. Because I know he's not a, I know he's not a, uh, he's not, he's, not, I don't think he's a regular. That's Bonte and 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 uh, Chris Mullen, and I think it's Festus Azili. Um, yeah, but it's I don't possible know. Saint comes in here and there. Yeah, that's but, that's what yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, he's a fun dude, just like a bundle of energy. Nothing but positivity flows out of him. He's just the nicest man. Yeah, he was always well. G- g- Good for him. Uh, I'm looking at some tweets here. Tyrese Halliburton in uniform going through warm-ups right now. Uh-oh. Looks like Tyrese may be back uh, tonight against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. First night of a back-to-back uh, is the Indiana Pacers play the Sacramento Kings uh, tomorrow. That game gets underway uh, at 4.30, so we'll keep you – or that might be a 4 o'clock start. Uh, for that one, but we'll keep you uh, updated on on Tyrese's availability. And it's it, I don't know. It's, it, it seems a stretch to march him back out there to play a back to back, especially when you got three games in four days. But uh, I'm sure he's anxious to get out there, and I'm anxious to hear from Matt George, uh, host of the Locked On Kings podcast uh, and reporter over at ABC Ten. He joins us uh, as we go commercial free till the top of the hour when we we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN thirteen twenty. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No, no, no. Back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. James Ham, kind enough to uh, hang out with me today while Casey's out. I'm sure he's regretting it at this uh, particular moment. Um you know, with Kenny out and the Kings winning last night, we didn't have anybody to do Drake bars, and it just happened to fall on Batty Thursday. And Well, I've been nervous for most of the day that Matt George would... Well, Matt hasn't shown up and just done a normal conversation with us in like three weeks. Uh, and for those who aren't watching, uh, for those that are listening on the radio on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD, Odyssey, all of that good stuff, we, we, we appreciate you. I just want to set the scene for you. For no reason whatsoever, Matt George is sitting in front of his... He's got a scarf on, a jacket. He's got, like, a plastic flower. It's wood, I think. You've got a wood... Why do you have a wood flower in your house? Because art is always appreciated regardless of the material. And he's wearing glasses. And it's 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 a high level of absurdity. And the truth is, I don't know why, but I'm I'm very fearful. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Um, Lord Batty Matthew George today heard that there was an absence of Drake bars from one Kennington. And because we are missing Drake bars, I figured it was necessary to give the people what they want. But there must be a spin. And that spin is instead of Drake bars, we shall up the level of artistry to drake poetry so if you'd be so inclined as to start uh, the instrumental that i sent you i shall give the people what they've asked for all day long very good <clears throat> my dearest kings oh the joy you bring Finally leaving basketball hell, surely destined to get a ring. While this season has been a dream, there is just one small thing. I can't go out in public tonight, cause baby, you made me beam. How could I not play the game or back up, restart? <laughs> 
how could I not when you play the game? <laughs> I'll get this out. <laughs> play the game the way you do. It was just so unexpected. Apparently LeBron always knew. Oh, I couldn't be ashamed of thee, and why should I be? You'll never see me like a ref out tweeting an apology. These 16 years have gone rather badly, but it's time for my finale. For without you, my heart would break out for months. Marvin Bagley. <laughs> and one more thing before I quit. I cannot end without it. If De'Aaron Fox is not an all-star, then the NBA is yeah! a bullshit. Whoa, 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 Don't do that again. Don't, don't do that again. Don't do that again. Okay. All right. Snap, snaps in the chat. Snaps in the chat. I hate life. Well, as Dr. David is saying, it was a good run. I mean, two and a half years. I always knew Matt would kill. I always knew Matt would be the death of one of my radio shows. And here we are. I'm almost two for two. <laughs> uh, how do we recover, man? How I do we recover from that? Tashi? I don't know, but the fumble in the middle was an all-time <laughs> moment. Because Kenny fumbled like two weeks ago, but tried really hard to pretend like he didn't, like he did it on purpose. And I let it ride like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, no, no, I get it. It's part of the bit. Um, that's that's good stuff, Matt. We appreciate your... Co you live the gimmick, my man. We appreciate your commitment to the character. Art is not a character. Art is me. Art is who I am. Have you Art started through me. Have you started consuming weed or no? <laughs> I don't want to die. Of course. <laughs> anyone who's followed Matt George for a long time knows weed will kill you. I don't want to overdose. Yeah, weed will, weed will kill you. Okay. I, I don't. To answer James' question, I don't know. James is just sitting there in silence. Who? James. Now James is going to call in sick tomorrow, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm left with. With nothing. But James is a writer. He's appreciative of the arts. So, yeah, the <laughs> arts. <laughs> I'm waiting for the arts to start. Uh, oh, that middle where you where you had the mistake. It reminded me when, when my sister was little. Um, she had one of those books that like would read along with you, and we weren't paying attention, and she basically had memorized the book. Um, and then every time, every time that she, while she was reading it with the book, she would actually say, turn the page, turn the page to flip the page over because she thought that that was part of what was on the words as well. So it, it kind of reminded me of that, Matt. That's adorable. You know, I'll take that. That's inspirational. I'll write a poem about that. There we go. Well, uh, oh, by the way, the title of the poem was, uh, you, uh, wait, no, hold on. Let me make sure I get the title right. You made me beam. That is the name of the title of the poem. You weren't sure? No, I forgot. You wrote it. I it's art just flows through me through my subconscious. So here's here's <laughs> How do we I don't know how you recover. It's on you. Well, here's the thing, whether it's Drake bars or this newly minted Drake poetry. You're welcome. Ultimately what it means is the Sacramento Kings won. So if I have to sit through Drake bars or Drake poetry, I'll gladly do that for the Sacramento Kings uh, to get a few more victories. Uh, and they got one last night 
against the San Antonio Spurs, Matt. Um, let's start there. Let's start with last night's game before we move on. Uh, what stood out to you uh, in last night's win for, for the Kings in San Antonio? First off, excellent segue. Masterful work. Uh, second off, uh, I mean, the fact that you get 75% of your scoring comes from three players. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty significant considering the Sacramento Kings – have had a lot of success this season. If you look at the majority of their wins and look at the box scores, you'll consistently consistently see six players in double figures. Like the Kings have been a win by committee type offense, which has been really exciting. Uh, sometimes they've had seven players score double figures in multiple games. They've had three guys scoring 20 plus, which I have not, I don't remember really seeing before this season, unless it was like back in Isaiah Thomas, Rudy Gay and DeMarcus cousins. And that's because those were the only three that scored period on those teams. So like as great as it is to see a good team offense, when the Kings are struggling from three point uh, range, as much as they are on this trip, they're shooting 28%. I think it's like 26 of 90 from three point range over these three games. Uh, when the team is struggling in, a, in an area that they normally succeed, I put it upon the two stars, Fox and Sabonis, who had 65 last night combined. Like I put it on the two of them to carry the load and hopefully one or two guys step up. And I was listening earlier, like Malik Monk put the Kings over the edge and, and, and helped them win this game with his 22 points. But you and Harrison gave you 14. Yeah you get a little more from Keegan or a little more from Kevin. And you can normally expect the two of them to reach double digits. Like the Kings put that game away a lot earlier than they did. And I think James pointed that out earlier in the show, but I I think it shows a depth to this team or an ability for this team to win in different ways. And like someone pointed out on Twitter, I thought it was really simply and well put good teams, find ways to win games when they're not, when they're not playing at their best. And that's what the Kings did last night, regardless of the competition. Yeah, Matt, what do you think of the, uh, we've seen the defense sort of pick up, and we've also seen like the style of defense changing a little bit, where they're more aggressive, they're they're going for steals, they're going for deflections, where I did not think that that was part of what they did earlier in the season. Do you think that that is sustainable? Do you think it's like maybe playing to the strengths, maybe trying to hide weaknesses that this Kings team has and and just trying to get the defense to figure out some way to be better? Yeah, I'm curious on, on both of your perspectives on this too because one thing that I've noticed a lot about the Kings' defense as of late is, I mean, of course, they were killed in the paint for a good stretch where they were giving 40, 50, 60. Well, 40, actually, Mike Brown was happy with. It was like 50, 60, 70 points at times uh, per game up in the paint. And I'm and a lot of times that's blamed on bigs, but in reality, it would start with breakdowns on the perimeter and paint touches from guards. But I've noticed Mike Brown and the Kings have kind of incorporated a give them more outside looks. They're not going to get to the paint with ease, but let them shoot more from the outside. And if they beat us with their outside shooting, so be it. Like, and then we saw that with D'Angelo Russell hitting seven threes in the first half in the first game of the, the Minnesota Timberwolves game. And then the, the Toronto Raptors, who are normally not a good three-point shooting team, they shot really well from three-point range in that final home game, if I'm remembering correctly, before the road trip began. So it's a gamble to some extent, but I think it's a better gamble to take than the Kings trying to handle both and getting beat on the perimeter, which was leading to far too many opportunities in the paint. The Kings still haven't locked down the paint by any means, but the priority defensively seems to be control this area and dare them to shoot. And if they beat us there, so be it. I love, I, I, I love the idea, the point that you made about 
good teams finding a way to win when what they do best uh, isn't working. And that's something that James and I talked about earlier. Um, the fact that, like, I, and I actually used your um, your your, your three-point stat uh, that you posted on Twitter last night. Um, that, I think, about, that's one of the most encouraging signs from the Kings that I think we've seen uh, in a long time. The fact that, the you know, as Kenny calls it, their superpower, the fact that the the 130-point capability, 135-point capability wasn't there the last couple of nights, and they were able to get games that they needed. You needed to get a win uh, on the, 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 the second game against Minnesota. You needed to beat San Antonio just because they're not very good, and they were able to do that. And I think all of us thought, well, they've had a couple of rough games shooting the three. Oh, it'll start to drop tonight. Like They're, they're going to find their rhythm, and you couldn't. You had a game where – uh, uh, Kevin Herter played 18 minutes uh, because of the shot not falling and because of what Malik Monk was doing. And, man, that's that's one of the most positive signs. I think we can, when we pick apart this Kings season and point to certain moments, I think this particular moment is a really positive one that we'll be able to point to uh, when these 82 games are done. Yeah, there's a lot of encouraging pieces to take away from these last two games, in my opinion. Like, first and foremost is how Malik Monk has stepped up and gotten back to form, and we see just how much better the Kings are when Malik plays at that level. Like, it's he's just, and this is on the road. We know if Malik was putting up the numbers and doing some of the things, like if Malik had gone for that dunk inside the Golden 1 Center, even if he missed it, that place would have blown up. Like, and even on the alley-oop that Fox threw to Malik last night, like the Golden 1 Center would have blown up. So we know the effect that Malik has on the home crowd. Um, but... Like uh, going back to the the Minnesota first Minnesota game where the Kings lost, like De'Aaron Fox scores twenty one of his twenty nine points in the fourth quarter. That's fourth quarter Fox. He gives them a chance to win that game. Ultimately, they they lose. A lot of the comments that I'm getting on Locked On Kings are okay, but Fox had only eight points through the first three quarters. Like. I need more from Fox throughout the course of the game, especially when the Kings are struggling offensively. So these next two games, I mean, he still scored 29 points in that game. The next two games, he's broken 30. And he and DeMontis Sabonis very significantly last night carried the load. Sabonis looked excellent uh, scoring the basketball, which is something I asked more of him after the Toronto Raptors loss. So whether it's gearing up for their their closing arguments, for their chances at being all-stars or whatever it is, like it, it shows how dangerous they are offensively. And I have confidence that the guys that are struggling off of the bench are going to figure it out too. Plus the fact that another stat that I put out last night, D'Lo, because I looked it up, I was trying to figure out like in, in addition to the dominance of Fox and Sabonis, like what are the Kings doing right as a team to where they're still winning these games and even hanging around these games when they're shooting so poorly. And one of the things that jumped out to me is they're averaging 10 turnovers a game during this road trip. So they're taking care of the basketball. They're not making those kind of mistakes. And their field goal percentage inside the three-point line uh, is pretty good as well. So they're doing things that you would expect a good team to be able to do consistently, even when the shooting is not there. The only thing that I really can't explain, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it, uh, and James, maybe you have an explanation for this, is how much better defensively, defensive rating-wise, the Kings are on the road compared to at home. And my theory for this is, like, my small theory is when the Kings play at home, the Kings play their sexiest, prettiest, most fun offensive basketball in their own building. They shoot way better, and I think they average 10 more points per game at home than they do on the road. So that is where they play at their best. And typically when the Kings are scoring and shooting really well, they kind of take plays off defensively because they're confident they can outscore. And that's a common thing in the NBA, right? A lot of teams, when you see them drop or put up 140 points, they still give up 120. They win by 20, so nobody talks about it, but they kind of relax on the defensive end because they can't miss offensively. When the Kings play on the road, they have to scrap. And even if it gets ugly, 
it's still like I think the scrappy type of play is honestly sometimes more encouraging than when they're hitting shots at home. Yeah, Matt, I would like to see the difference in net rating when they're at home and when they're on the road, Mm -hmm. because that's really what matters. Like, it doesn't matter if you're like if you're riding the crowd noise and and putting up 10 more points a game, but you're also giving up 10 more points a game as long as you're consistent with both. And like I've looked and there are players who have like crazy road and home splits. I know Kevin Herter is one that like much, much better at home than he is on the road. Um, I think Monk is the same thing, just like their overall efficiency and stuff is better when they're at home than on the road. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting like to dive into the numbers and try to figure out why it is that they're doing something um, like that, where they're just not great defensively, um, you know, at home. So uh, I don't know. Outside of that, Matt, like today's a big day for the Kings. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing the Fox news that, you know, we, we're not sure, but he's going to miss a game tomorrow with personal reasons. Uh, and we can only assume that that probably means that baby Fox is on the way or, or something. It's our little um, beam baby. It's our beam baby. Yeah, the, the, oh, the beam baby. Okay. Um, all right. So, but Matt, uh, do you think, like, what's your, what's your thoughts? Is Fox going to get in to the all-star game tonight? Or do you think that uh, he's going to be left off the roster? You didn't hear my, the end of my poem that Damien so rudely cut off to save his radio show and again, off the again, yeah, just for again, the second yes. time. Jesse was hovering over the dump button the entire time, and I appreciate him for it. Uh, no, like I, I think De'Aaron Fox is absolutely, or he should absolutely be in. And I put a lot of weight into the context of a season. I think Mike Brown talked about this too not too long ago when he was talking about putting Sabonis and Fox in the All-Star game. He said, hopefully people will really take into account the wins and how this season has gone versus just the numbers. Like, I think a lot of people are lazily comparing Fox's numbers to Damian Lillard's numbers and going Damian Lillard is obviously in. There's almost a 10 spot difference. I think it's, so it's an eight spot difference because the Portland's in 11th. Now they were in 12th last night. They won. So now they're in the 11th. There's an eight spot difference in the standings between those two teams. And the 11th is still not in the plan. I don't care how big the gap is between 11 and 10. I don't care. They're still not in the plan at the time of all-star selections. De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings are now, DeMontis Sabonis gets a lot of credit for that. Of course, he's an absolute lock to make the all-star game. Like there's no fathomable idea or like scenario in my brain where uh, Sabonis is not announced as as a all-star tonight, but for De'Aaron, I understand him being French. I'm okay with him being a wild card. Like I understand in terms of backcourt, it's probably John Shea and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm really okay with that. Um, Just because their, their circumstances, their situations, but to me, I, I beefed with a little bit of uh, Damian Lillard lovers because to me, if if Damian Lillard were to get the selection, which he's deserving of, for my money, the two wild cards are Dame and Fox. If Dame gets in, though, and let's say they go with Anthony Edwards or someone else and Fox doesn't get in, to me, the message that the league is sending to De'Aaron Fox is it would be more in your best interest to stat hunt and to get your own personal numbers and not care about winning. That's essentially the message that is being sent. Because De'Aaron, I think, is capable of scoring 30 a night, but he doesn't have to on this team. And I would argue if De'Aaron tried to go out and score 30 a night, the Kings would not be as good as they are right now. The Kings wouldn't win as many games as they are right now because De'Aaron Fox clearly conserves his energy for fourth quarter Fox. Plus, we have to take the clutch numbers into account. So many of these wins are directly because of the effort that De'Aaron Fox puts in in that final quarter. He's the best clutch uh, scorer in the league. He's shooting like over 60% in the clutch. Like De'Aaron absolutely deserves to be there. So 
I would be very upset. I would be very frustrated, write another angry poem and send it to the league today if Fox does not get in. Um, But I think a lot of people wouldn't be surprised by it, and that's a problem to me. Well, we'll find out soon. Uh, The announcements will begin uh, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour on TNT. Of course, we'll carry those live on uh, the video stream on YouTube and Twitch uh, as well. Of course, if it's anything like the All-Star announcements, they'll make one announcement and they'll spend 10 minutes talking about that person like they did when they announced LeBron James made the All-Star team and then spent 10 minutes talking about uh, LeBron James before announcing the rest of them. Uh, what do you think happens moving forward? There's still a lot of road trip left. There's there's four games, and I think the next two are a bit unique for a variety of different reasons. Uh, Indiana's stepping on the floor here in a few minutes to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I actually didn't even check. I, James, you know better than I do. I think the doesn't the starting lineup have to be announced by now? I'm assuming Tyrese is back. Uh, Tyrese is available. So Tyrese is, in fact, uh, back tonight for uh, the Lakers and the Pacers. Um, that's a Pacers team that, depending on what direction they decide they want to go, and that, that very much is a question, if they want to get back and fight themselves back into this, this is a team that's desperate. And then you've got the New Orleans Pelicans, who also play tonight against the, I think it was the Dallas Mavericks. They've got the Sacramento Kings coming up on Sunday. These are two teams that aren't bad, but two teams that are playing very badly. How do you look at these next two games for Sacramento on this road trip? Indiana, especially, and this was before, uh, or I had this feeling long before we, we found out that Fox was going to be missing uh, tomorrow night's game for personal reasons. And if it's for the reasons we expect, I'm okay with Fox missing two weeks. If I mean, the, understanding as a father, and, and James, you can mm-hmm. speak to this too, like if, De'Aaron Fo- if the Kings fall from third to eighth because De'Aaron Fox is out, it sucks, but it's more important things and and i hope fans would appreciate that and from what i've seen and what i understand from the the vocal minority everybody's extremely supportive so that's great um i don't but, think his wife would let him miss two weeks no, she might get out of the house now go play <laughs> um and i i understand that too um to me like regardless of fox's availability like i think indiana is going to come out with a desperation to punch the Kings in the mouth simply because of what the Kings did to them in Sacramento. Mm. And there was no, like, I I'm convinced that Tyrese had the Kings uh, Pacers game in Sacramento circled. He circled it probably another 10 times that night after the beatdown that the Kings gave the Indiana Pacers, because he is, I mean, that's the competitor that Tyrese is not to mention the videos come out of buddy healed saying some nice things about Sacramento. Uh, and I'm being sarcastic there uh, since that time. Like I think this team is going to be energized, not just for the reasons you brought up D for um, their standings and their season and their situation. That's more than enough to, to play for right there. I think they're determined to prove that what happened uh, is, is an absolute fluke. And in, in fact, they are probably hoping to return the fla- favor on their home floor and spoil DeMontis Sabonis' homecoming, which nobody is talking about, by the way. Like, I, I reached out to a couple people in Indiana, like, Domas is coming back. Is that a big deal? They're like, oh, yeah, Domas is coming back. I'm like, what the hell do you mean? Oh, yeah. Like, this guy's an all-star and in the MVP conversation at this point. He's not going to win it, but he's in the conversation, at least on some people's ballots. So There's two uh, things of note there. Part of the reason is... DeMontis Sabonis isn't talking about it. I truly don't think he cares. Two, mm-hmm. they probably forgot Domas even played there. The way well, that I they would... discarded him and, 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 and the fact that he doesn't bring them up every five minutes, they're probably, oh, yeah, he did play here. Oh, he, All-star? Oh, yeah, no, he's a good ball player. 
JJ Reddick's not having him on the podcast, but you're absolutely right. He hasn't said anything. And at the same time, like the version that we're seeing of Domas is not the version that Indiana had. This is Domas unlocked. This is Domas Mm -hmm. at his absolute best, what's happening here in Sacramento. So Domas was a two-time All-Star and great for the Indiana Pacers. This Domas now is, I think, leagues better than what he showed in Indiana, and he did it because he's in the right situation with the right coach and the right partner in De'Aaron and a great supporting cast around him. So I think Domas is hopefully going to be up and excited and ready to play in front of the Indiana Pacers fans again. But I expect Indy to be angry and then like you said with the pelicans i expect the pelicans to be desperate because they have literally what lost nine straight or something like that like they have just slid so um these next two games i think if the kings come out of these next two games two and oh like that's a tremendous win split one and one should be the goal you know everyone's watching you look at your phone like do you see what's going on in the chat house What, what what is going on over there james tell us i'm like the chatty house tell us tell us james I can't look at the screen because Matt Matt's glasses and and his look today. So I'm not telling you guys anything. By the way, yeah, I was just gonna say I, I know you look I know fantastic, nothing. Matt. I just I just want to say that you you look fantastic. Cheers. You look fantastic. I'm I'm going to Oxford after this. So <laughs> you don't know where Oxford is. Isn't that in yeah. North Carolina? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, Matt. Yeah. That's where it's at. It's in North um, Carolina. Yeah, I, I think this has been a uh, an interesting show today, Matt. Like you, you've got you got us kind of off kilter. Um, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this evening. What's going to happen with all stars and everything else, so we can uh, what discuss a tremendous that. Tremendous guest, by the way. Such a tremendous guest. I'm so I'm, I'm such a tremendous. As soon as I heard you announce that, I was oh such. Oh yeah, tonight's happy hour is going to be nuts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've we got a lot going on, um, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this team, Matt, it's, it's been fun to cover this team. It's They're surprising us of, at, at every step. And I just wonder, like, how far do you think that they're able to keep, how long do you think they're able to keep this up? Is this a legitimate uh, three, four, five seed? Like, where are you at? Like, where would you place them? It Like, being realistic and looking at how they've played so far this season. Yeah, I think 50 games in is more than a big enough sample size. Like, I I don't think this team is a fluke. I think they absolutely belong where they're at. For them to secure it, though, like we talk about getting playoff experience, which this team is going to get this year, and I feel very confident like saying that, and I think their play-in isn't going to end up being a factor for the Kings. I think they're getting straight into the playoffs, which is amazing, which I said was best-case scenario for this team, and I thought that was top of the top of the top of the mountain coming into the season. That being said... I think the final 20 games of the season where they're fighting against the experienced playoff teams and and former champions that are right behind them or Western Conference Finals, uh, uh, Western Conference champions that are behind them that are going to be chomping at their heels two, three games back. Like, I think that's going to be a tremendous test in itself. The Kings have a target on their back. And if there are a lot of teams that are looking below saying, we want one of those top four spots, who is in that top four that we most likely could beat out? The Kings are probably at the top of everybody's list because the Kings haven't been there before. James, you and D'Lo, uh, I think you and D'Lo and Casey discussed this yesterday, talking about how important the these next few games are. And I think this road trip is also extremely important too, to get out of this road trip to still be nine, 10 games over 500 would be tremendous. Um, I think to get to the, if you can sprint and not limp into the all-star break, which is seven games away now, I think that's tremendous too. Um, And then you're setting yourself up for a tough fight at the end of the year. So long way of answering your question. I do believe the Kings legitimate. I do believe they deserve to be here and they're ready for this task. Uh, And 
I think I truly do believe that it is not unfathomable this team host a playoff series, like or have the home court advantage in a playoff series. Um, but regardless, once they get in at that point, it's house money to me. You said that you think this team is legitimate. I think that's something all, all, all three of us believe, but I want to narrow it down to a more specific aspect of their game. And that's what we've seen on the defensive end, particularly lately. Um, we, they, it was a couple of nights ago that they had a, a, a season high in steals. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been using the word disruptive. I think Mike Brown uses the word disruptive when he talks about this defense. And, and James and I were kind of hammering down the difference between being a team that does disrupting things on the defensive end versus being the Boston Celtics or being the Milwaukee Bucks, who entire game plan is destroying your life on the defensive end. Do you think the Kings can carry over this increased intensity that they've had on that end? Um, not just for the rest of this road trip, but you got a big series coming up, a big two-game series against the Dallas Mavericks immediately after that, and this is an aspect of their game that if they want to be successful moving forward, it's going to have to stick around. You believe the Kings are legitimate, but how legitimate is that side of the ball? Oh, I, I think it's probably something that we can dissect micro, like with a microscope if we want to. Like, and, and it's going to get to that point where especially when we start getting not just a playoff time, but like I said, the final couple weeks of the season, like defense I think is going to be the difference maker to, between the Kings staying where they're at and falling into like that fifth, sixth spot. Uh, which is, again, as far as I think they're going to fall. Because I think the offense is good enough for them to tread water. But I don't think the treading water is going to be good enough for some of these Kings or some of these teams that are going to be gunning for them. Now, the good news is, like, with a lot of these games, the Kings actually have tiebreakers in their favor. Or it's tie- Like, I think they split two and two with Memphis, right? They have the tiebreaker mm-hmm. against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I mean, Dallas is coming up here, and Dallas is another team that's going to be on their heels. Um, I, if I'm missing any, James, because the Nuggets have, are 2-1 on the Kings, or they're at least 1-1 because of the two games in Sacramento. I don't remember if they've played in Denver. So uh, tiebreakers aside, like I think the defensive side of the ball could be where the Kings solidify or hold the, the line, and maybe that's enough incentive for Monty to pull off a Matisse-Thibel move if he thinks that's what's necessary or go out and get someone who can just help bolster the defense enough for them to just... Because I've always said this team is middle of the pack defensively. They're a really, really good basketball team. I think right now they're like 20th or 21st or something like that. And it's not that big of a gap between like 17th or 18th. So it's possible for them to do that. To ask them to do that consistently, though, while while continuing to put together the offensive output that they've been putting together, I think it's a tough ask for this roster. So maybe that's, again, enough incentive for the Kings to make a, a trade deadline move. Yeah, Matt, it's interesting you talk about like the uh, the teams and like sort of the tiebreaker stuff. Uh, realistically, they've they beat the Lakers, but outside of that, all of the other tiebreakers that they're going to have uh, with teams like they haven't played Dallas yet. They haven't played New Orleans le- yet. Uh, they're one and one against Denver with one game to go. They're two. They're one and two against Golden State with uh, with one game to go. They're one and one against the Clippers. So they still have a bunch of these tiebreakers. The one good thing is I will point out that they haven't lost a tiebreaker yet. You know, even the Timberwolves, they still have two games against the Timberwolves, and they're they're one and one against them. They're one and zero oh against the Thunder uh, with two games remaining. So. Um, strangely enough, they've only played the Suns one time, which is weird that you played the Suns one time, 
Um, but you've already played a team like the Warriors three times. Eight times. Lakers four times. Or the Lakers, yeah. The Lakers, Lakers are done. Four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's very strange. It's very strange how this is all playing out. But like those are things that you have to remain hyper-focused on if you're this team. That The game against New Orleans this weekend, it's huge. You need that win. You need that win to to get a little bit of an advantage over that team, especially if Zion comes back anytime soon, which, I mean, we still don't know when that is, and we don't even know if he's going to be able to play in the All-Star game. So, you know, there's there's a lot that still has to be decided here, but I, th- I think it is good that they're starting to knock off some of these teams that they're they're competing with for uh, for the playoffs. And speaking of scheduling, are you guys fans of the back-to-back games against the same team? They have the second time they're going to have back-to-back games against Houston. They just had back-to-back games against Minnesota. They're going to yeah. have back-to-back games coming up here against Dallas. I don't like it. I don't know. It's, I don't like it. I think it's interesting. It's uh, I don't hate it. It 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 it's strong playoff vibes. Um, a quick chance to make some adjustments. Uh, in it, the, the Houston is a literal back-to-back, right? Or yeah. or is it just okay? So I no it, no. It's on the second night of a back-to-back. They play New Orleans and Houston, then a day off, then Houston okay. again. Got gotcha. you. You're correct. The, the the Dallas one is a legitimate back-to-back. That's a Friday Saturday. Friday Saturday uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't mind it. What do you hate about it? I just I I mean it's more picky sports fan seeing the Kings play the same team twice because sorry haven't watched the playoffs not used to that um, so maybe maybe I can start getting used to it and I should start enjoying it a little bit more but also the first real taste that we got to it at home was the Rockets and I was just like eh like seeing the Rockets play twice in a row I was not the biggest fan of that I wish it was a little more exciting I probably enjoy it a little bit more with Dallas let's put it that way it's a, I think it's an interesting just an interesting wrinkle to the to the I get NBA it for scheduling. Schedule have the yeah. same team like if Houston's going to be in Sacramento have them play twice and get out of there if Sacramento's going to be in Houston and have them play twice and get out of there so I get it from a scheduling standpoint it's just my uh old man get off my lawn issue of the day that, that adds up do you like any um you mentioned the trade do you like any tr- trade targets that have been discussed linked rumored or just guessed about as it pertains to Sacramento I'm pretty underwhelmed about everything to do with this trade deadline because that's what I think the trade deadline is going to be for the Kings. Like, I if, if the Kings roll into, uh, what is it? It's the ninth. So if they roll into the 10th and this roster is the exact same, I would see zero problem with that. Zero problem whatsoever. I trust Monty McNair completely. So if he decides that there's a player, like I, I think the only thing where I'm like, okay, it would be nice for the Kings to use the the trade exception that that four million dollar trade exception that you uh, that we've talked a lot about. It would be nice for that just not to go to waste because four million dollars can get you a player in the range that is what the Sacramento Kings are targeting. Like to me, the top seven on this team is untouchable with the exception of like a blow my socks off trade, which just isn't going to happen or shouldn't happen for this team at this point. It just doesn't make sense. So if you're looking to get an eighth or ninth man that can come in and, or help, maybe at best seventh man that can come in and help. I think the biggest argument that I can make for making a move is try and find someone who can take a little bit of the load off Fox and Sabonis to help them get into the playoffs and not be completely burnt out. Because the reality is once we get into the playoffs, Fox and Sabonis are playing 40 plus minutes a night. Like that's, that's the situation. So whether it's um, uh, Mason Plumley, whether it's like Josh Richardson, whoever it is, like if it's a guy that, that comes in and can hold down 10 to 12 minutes a night 
Richardson's case, maybe like 15 minutes a night and do it well, great. If Monty thinks that guy's out there and the price is worth it, pull the trigger on that. But I don't think there's going to be any move that the Kings make that is going to be worth like going, oh my gosh, this is huge for the Kings. I could be wrong. And I, I the way that I discussed it with Brendan, Frankie, and, and, uh, and Chris not too long ago was like, I don't think there's going to be a move out there that realistically the Kings make that is going to be the difference for the Kings in winning or losing a playoff series. That's the way I look at it. So I'm expecting to be underwhelmed a little bit, and I'm A-OK with that based off the fireworks we got last year. It, 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 I think, Sorry, James, go ahead. I think there are plenty of moves that the Kings could make that could, that could change the outcome of a playoff series. I, mean, I, I just like I, I look at their their top six of the rotation. I think is is untouchable at this point, but I don't think I'm going above six at the at, anymore. Um, like I, they could make moves to improve their team, and we talked about a little bit. Like you know, Kenny's thought is that Matisse Thybul. What is he like? Is Casey Paula like eighty percent better? Um, I mean, is is Thibel like eighty percent better than? No, is he eighty percent of what Thibel is as far as like Paula? And it's like, well, that matters at this point. Like the Kings are in a point where getting a player who's 20% better than another player, it does matter. And if they can find players that are 20% better than their 7, 8, 9, 10 guys, they should do it because this is a, a rare opportunity for you to not only solidify yourself as a playoff team, but potentially give yourself a, a bump up in a first-round playoff matchup that if you do well enough could be at your home court. Well, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, it's fun that last year, James, Matt, we spent a ton of time talking about this team needs to swing for the fences. Uh, and they did. And it's clear they hit a home run. And that's going to be really evident here, uh, I think, in the next couple of minutes. If you're listening on ESPN 1320 or 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 uh, or the Odyssey app and you want more Kings talk, don't go anywhere. You'll hear more from Matt George. You'll hear more from Brandon Nunez. You'll hear more about your Sacramento Kings here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.